I'm so happy. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Listeners to another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am one of your hosts. I'm one of your hosts, Wendy, joined as always by my co-shenanigator, Melissa. There she is over there being like, what the hell cadence was that, Bowlesby? Yeah. That's right. I did yeah, that. That was, was that? that. what the hell was that? What the hell was that? It was smooth as fuck. Come on. <laughs> There was nothing but pure radio going on right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> we are back to talk about some movies that we've watched recently. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. <sighs> I know what I want to talk about, but Melissa, Melissa, what have, what have, what have you been doing for the last week? What did, you, what did you watch recently? I watched a lot of things recently that were, eh, they were okay. Um... So, you know, like yesterday, no, that was two days ago because time has no meaning. On Saturday, I got together with my friends Kelvin and Noel, both friends of the podcast, and we watched a shit ton of Abbott and Costello movies, which are fun, <laughs> which are fun. Uh, yeah. Not all that culturally sensitive anymore or, you know, uh, gender sensitive or anything like that. But, but uh, you know, you had some fun stuff like Martha Ray was in Keep Him Flying. And you know, we love Martha Ray. We absolutely do. But I'm not going to talk about that. And also I watched Hillbilly Elegy and the less said about that, the better. Um, oh, friend, that was a choice. Yeah, it was on <sighs> Netflix and I was donating platelets. So it was a captive audience. But Glenn Close was good. But what I did genuinely genuinely enjoy this week i rewatched the raid i oh, love the raid yeah uh-huh yeah 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 which is yeah. uh what 12 years old by now oh my god oh my uh, i don't know how that happened right right what? no yeah Lisa. 2011 no. 2011 no. so uh dear listeners if you haven't been on the raid train um the raid <laughs> no in it's 2011, not on a train melissa it's that's not train on, it's Busan. not on a train it's in a building it's a very it's very stationary the people inside the building are not stationary but the building is very stationary so uh gareth evans directed a movie in uh indonesia with Ikuwes as the lead who is a great martial arts performer i like him a lot i like gareth evans director a lot it's very frenetic uh great action stuff if you're into action and violence and you're okay with seeing stuntmen perform in a in a country where life is cheap yeah uh, it's a it's a hell of a movie um it's the the stunt team is 
I think, one of the best on Earth. They're fucking fantastic. And uh, it, the movie is front to back pure action. So, yeah, the plot is police team goes into a building to fight their way to the top to get the big bad guy. Kind of like Judge Dredd. Or not Judge Dredd. Dredd. The, the newer one. Yeah. So uh, they fight their way to the top to get the bad guy. But, oh, no, they were sent there under false pretenses. And and uh, there there are, like, insiders and there are et cetera, et cetera. And, and every, everything has the solution of let's fight it out or shoot it. So, uh, yeah, I'm if you're board. into action. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, and, I uh, wish I could by take the way, that. <laughs> right. I wish I could apply that, uh, that philosophy to my life sometimes. I don't know. Fight it or shoot it. But fight it or shoot it. Uh, but yeah, the um, I also uh, followed that up with um, a viewing of The Night Comes for Us, which also stars Iko Uwis, and uh, pretty much the same stunt team, a lot of the same uh, actors, and it's also front-to-back action. And so I was going to like, that's also good too. I literally was going to bring up like, Hey, do you remember that, that one fantastic fest Indonesian action film that was so amazing and brutal. And then there you were like the night comes for us. And I'm like, that was night the comes one. For us. Yeah. We were going to watch the raid two after we watched the raid, but the raid two is like three fucking hours long. So we're saving that for another day. So yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. And I do want to yeah. clarify Dread came after the raid, listeners. Dread totally copied the raid. Just FYI. But I think they did come out in the same year. I think they were produced. Dread at was twenty twelve. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. So a little bit later. So like. But really, uh, they're both assault on precinct thirteen in reverse. And really, yeah, yeah. the concept <laughs> is also Game of Death, the Bruce Lee movie. So, you know, you also, fight your yes. way to the top of the building. It's game also, of death. It's it's a video game. <laughs> like it's a video literally game. Leveling up, <laughs> literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, you get the in... level boss, and you go up, and then you get the level boss, and you go up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, <laughs> Indonesian action is off the chain. Um, it is. It is. And the, the way they shoot it, the way Gareth Evans shoots it, I really enjoy because that's one of my. That, that is something that will make me very angry at a film is when I can't follow the action. Like you're so invested in making it look frenetic and, and uh, you know, high octane that I'm like, yeah, but who's hitting who? I got lost. Right. Yeah, Gareth um, Evans is really good at centering the action. And uh, he's kind of the balance in between the frenetic camera in motion stuff that America is still so in love with for some reason. and But he knows the Asian way of directing where when you are doing a martial arts scene, you want to see the martial arts and therefore you do long takes and you, mm-hmm. you are you set up a shot to watch what the people are doing. So yeah, you're not, you're not trying to hide the fact that your actors don't know what they're doing. You are showcasing the stunt team. And Gareth Evans is very good at that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I say it again. Absolutely. Yes. Um, well, that was a, that sounds like a hell of a fun weekend, honestly. Like that, that's that a was good a fun one today. That was a really yeah. fun one. Yeah. Um, as for me, Uh, We have had a pin in since it dropped, and it just dropped last week. And finally, last night, we watched Tetris. Uh, (laughs) 
because uh, it's on it's it's available on Apple TV Plus now, so it's available on streaming. <laughs> it stars Taryn Edgerton, who is an absolute favorite of ours. Yeah. Uh, he he has, and it is. I'm starting to think that it's just the way he walks, except that I don't. He has this way of walking when he is inhabiting these slightly awkward characters that is Mm -hmm. so sort of blocky. Um, Mm -hmm. Like there's like sort of leaning forward. There's no finesse to this walk. And there's part of me. It's like, that is such a great character walk, but I've seen him do it now, of course, in Eddie the Eagle and in this and mm-hmm. even a little bit in um, Rocket Man. Kingsman. Oh, yeah. yeah. I need to go back and watch Kingsman because in Kingsman, I think he's making a different physical choice, as he should. Mm-hmm. But he walks so effective that I'm starting to be like, what if that's just the way he walks? <laughs> I mean, we've seen him in person. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. He's but he wasn't walking at the time. He is very, he, he is charming. He's very absolutely charming. charming. Um, mm-hmm. It's set in the 80s. It's 1989, right? So this is the based on a true story of how Tetris, which was developed by a Russian behind the Iron Curtain, how the game rights were, were acquired by Nintendo for the Game Boy, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I am fascinated by this because I know that it is exaggerated, except it's clearly not exaggerated too much because in the credits, they're like, so here's this one guy and here's this one guy and here's this one guy. And there's basically these three competing prongs trying to get like are in the Soviet Union dealing with this Iron Curtain KGB Soviet Union trying to gain, get these rights and they're all competing with each other and dicking each other over a little bit. And these are all real people. They're showing you the pictures. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so some of the craziest stuff about this is probably the true stuff. Like, did it devolve into a car chase at one point? Probably not. Also, probably (laughs) not entirely off the table. But Mm -hmm. all of the stuff that makes you go, wait, what? I'm positive absolutely happened. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like some of the more recent... um, more recent like pain and gain you know where the the story is so fucking weird that the absolutely strangest things that happened were actually true and they actually put text on the screen that says no this actually did happen this guy this, did this go outside to grill grill a man's fingerprints off <laughs> that sort of thing <laughs> because like it's literally like the wild wild west of them trying to get these rights for all the different platforms while handheld is just becoming a thing. And Mm -hmm. like it's, and the cat it's got um, the cast is great besides just um, like, it's all character actors that you're going to recognize. And Mm -hmm. it's such a moment in time because it's literally right as the Soviet union is falling. And it's like 1989, isn't it? Yeah, it's right before. 
It's right okay. before. And the okay. suit that he is wearing is so perfectly 80s. And you just look at it and go, God, suits were enormous. Like, yes. that's, like it looks so ill-fitting. And yet you're like, no, that's, that's how they were worn. That is mm-hmm. absolutely like the big boxy. So, um, and he's got that cheesy little mustache. And he's so Taryn Edgerton really knows how to embody a direct forthright honesty that is a little bit naive without ever crossing over into stupid. Right. And that makes the film work because it really does come down to his relationship, the relationship that he forges with the actual programmer of Tetris. So yeah, it was... There were a couple of laugh out loud moments. Um, Taron Edgerton is in almost every scene and he's so delightful. There's some wonderful framing devices that are very 8-bit video game in in mm-hmm. um, in the, the animation style. So yeah, they do a really good job of like laying out who the players are at the beginning because it could get a little confusing because ultimately it's a movie about video game rights. Right. It's a it's a movie about IP. And they managed to make it like really enjoyable. Ooh, a movie about intellectual property side. Ooh, Taryn Edgerton definitely wants in on that. Like, what the hell? <laughs> tell me more. Oh, tell me more. I definitely want to take that meeting. <laughs> so yeah. Um highly recommend. Yeah, I was highly I was trying to remember what movie um I had most recently seen that had the no, this really didn't happen, or this person, where they, they actually break the fourth wall and talk directly to the, no, this actually happened, or no, this didn't actually happen, but this is, anyway, the the thing that, um, was it Adam McKay movies are, are kind of famous for doing? No, I was yeah. watching, um, this one's actually kind of a fun one. It's a movie called The Dirt. It's, uh, it's on Netflix, if I remember right, and it's about Motley Crue. Oh, that one, it, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. watch it, and, but I know, uh, but I remember seeing the trailer for it. Yeah, it's like an absolutely by the numbers kind of biopic of Motley Crue, their their, their rise to fame, and uh, you know there are absolutely no surprises except uh, the thing I appreciated about this one is it really le- leaned into the sex, drugs, and rock and roll because you know <laughs> they got up to some crazy shit, and it's and Motley the movie's Crue, like, come yep. on come on yeah just charge right in so yeah it's uh it's fun it's fun and the guy who plays um oh god i'm just gonna biff out on names entirely here never mind uh <laughs> the, the, oh, the lead uh, singer uh, the lead guitarist no 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 it was um the the, the older guy in motley crew mars mars uh, what's his first name something mars anyway uh he's played by uh, the sadistic motherfucker in um, the, the was it Ramsey Bolton in uh, Game of Thrones? Yes, yes. Yeah. And he's and it's it's nice to see him playing a completely different role. Kind of this this older guy who falls in with these younger musicians. He's like, oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's kind of great. It's kind of great. And uh, Pete Davidson shows up as the manager and, you know, that sort of thing. Or or at least the representative for the record company. And, you know, it's fun. And it's got the needle drops for Motley Crue stuff. And, you know, it's it's all right. It's a bit of fun. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. A lot of it. A lot of sex. Well, I mean, there ought to be, honestly. Oh, God. Seriously. There's a point where Pete Davidson's character turns to the screen and breaks a fourth wall. And he goes like, yeah, don't leave your girlfriend alone with Motley Crue. They will fuck her. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. 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 Okay. So, Melissa, uh, as we come, as we wind down towards the end of this episode, what is what is something that has brought you joy recently? Ah, Martha Ray. We'll just go back to Martha Ray. So, uh, so yeah, watching Keep Them Flying this weekend. Um, I'm a great appreciator of Martha Ray, and I'm I'm in a phase right now where I'm actively seeking out more of her old films to watch. So. Dear friends, if you remember Martha Ray from the 1980s and 1970s in her Polydent commercials, because she had this gigantic smile and she was the representative for Polydent, the the denture cream gum thing that sticks your dentures on. Uh, She was in the 1940s-ish era, kind of like a proto-Lucille Ball she was gorgeous, but she had this big, broad, expressive face, and she does comedy, like like pratfalls and completely yep. inelegant things that that the young debutantes wouldn't do or couldn't pull off. Uh, she is this great foil for a lot of the male comedians at the time, and in um, keep her fly or keep them flying, she plays twins, so you oh. get twice as much Martha Ray. <laughs> Yay! Right? <laughs> right? It's it's really cute. So, dear friends, um, go find a Martha Ray movie. Um, she's really well um, well displayed. Her talents are well on display in Hell's a Poppin', which we always like to guide people to. Um, mm-hmm. I also saw her in... Well, I'm not going to remember it off the top of my head, but I've seen her in a few movies lately, and I'm... I'm... Uh, Oh, 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 she was in uh, Monsieur Verdoux, uh, this French comedy by Charlie Chaplin when he was in exile from the U.S. Um, oh. He made, he, it's kind of like Charlie Chaplin's uh, three uh, kind hearts and coronets. Where, oh, sure. Uh, he, he plays a uh, a lady killer. So he marries women, uh, wealthy women, kills them off, takes their money. And so Martha Way was one of the women. And seeing her play with Charlie Chaplin is really pretty great. I bet. Martha Ray, folks, go find some Martha Ray movies. Okay, well, my thing this week tangentially relates to Martha Ray. (gasps) Uh, Did you get dentures? (laughs) No, I did not. (laughs) So my thing this week is Schmigadoon season two, which is Schmigadoon. Chicago's out. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Just oh. the first two episodes because it's Apple TV and they drop weekly. But the first two episodes are out. The cast is 
like it's pretty much the same cast from season one with some additions because <gasps> we get we get Titus this year from uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Yes, he plays the leading player. <laughs> like literally, literally when they kind of enter into it again, it's magic to do. It's not magic to do, but it's magic to do. Like there's the white gloves and the hands and Titus is singing. <laughs> Titus Burgess is singing. And and what's so great is, of course, the Cecily Strong character is, is like, oh, we're in a different era. This is more 70s. And so, of course, the Keegan-Michael Key character is like, okay, so what happens here? And she's like, truthfully... I didn't really watch these. They're a lot darker. Um, they're not as much fun. And I got traumatized when my dad took me to see Sweeney Todd when I was 10. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> and so the first two episodes are just all Fosse. It's, it's Chicago. It's, um, it's Cabaret. And it there's even one number at the cabaret that is totally big spender from Sweet Charity, right? Uh, yeah. And they and like in season one, they do such a good job of doing a number where you're like, this is absolutely this number from this specific musical, except it's not. Like, because there's mine hair, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not mine hair, but it is mine hair. Um, yeah. You get Patrick Page's in it as clearly <gasps> as a villain. I know we get Patrick Page this year. Um, you get uh, oh the blonde from Thirty Rock. I'm blanking on her name. She was also in season one. Jenna Malone. Uh, Jenna Malone. No, that doesn't sound right. Um, was that her? Was that her character in Thirty Rock? Uh, sh- hold on, Jenna Malone. Uh, is it? No, that is not Jenna Jane Malone. Krakowski. There it is. Jane Krakowski. Was, that's what I was blocking on. Jane Krakowski. She's playing the Billy Flynn character, except she's Bobby Flanagan. So she's Billy okay. Flynn from Chicago, but she's Bobby Flanagan. And she gets a really great number. Um, and like already, it's just ticking all of the boxes. You get Aaron Tveit coming in, basically doing Corner of the Sky, except he's dressed like hair. Like it's so they're going to go into the whole hair godspell thing for sure. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this is absolutely my bag. But the best part about it is knowing that it was coming up, right, that it was that we were going to watch this on Friday night. We Theodora had the day off school on Friday and we made her watch Chicago, the Rob Marshall film. So she'd at least have uh-huh. that. So right away Good. she's like, oh, I know what number that is. Oh, I know what number that is. <laughs> and Perfect. then after we got done that night, we made her watch Pippin. <laughs> and Pippin. Oh my goodness, Wendy. The DVD of Pippin, Martha Ray plays <gasps> Grandma. Oh. She does. Yay. So if you're looking for something to watch with Martha Ray in it, you should watch Pippin. Melissa. I'm going to I'm going to watch Pippin. Okay. Okay. And it's William got Ben Cat. William Cat and... is playing Pippin. Huh. But... Oh, that's right. I did know that. Yeah, but you uh, still by the way, get Wendy... um, Ben Vereen. What? In terms of uh, 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 Jane Krakowski, um, 
I was not entirely insane because her name on 30 Rock is Jenna Maroney. Yeah. Uh, like, I, that's why I go. was like, that. it's not that, but it is, but it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> but I had, I, I had, to, it's like, I was so sure, and that's why I was so sure, so. Anyway. Um, yeah, there's lots Dear of friends. wonderful in-jokes and humor, um, but definitely watch Pippin if you've never yeah. seen it, Melissa. Um, and will. the best part is Theodora at the end of Pippin was just like, what in the hell? <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. It's absolutely Shit. right. It's she's she was just like, that's really fucking dark. And my kiddo loves dark. And she's like, wow. I'm so mm-hmm. glad I could show her something that actually pushed against her boundaries. I feel so proud. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so proud. But yeah, Chicago is out. I am That's so going to bring me joy for weeks to come. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I kind of so want to yeah. see if I can I, if I can force my dear husband, Fess, who I've been with 14 years and right? one day as of Aww. today. Uh, right? Um, yeah, I'm wondering if I can force him to watch Schmigadoon. Because I think it might be, since the conceit is they're in a musical world, I wonder if it'll work for him. It might. There's a lot of Keegan-Michael Key being like, what the hell? Why are they singing? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's Keegan-Michael Key and Fess likes Key and Peele, so. Uh, we'll see. I, you know what? We'll I see. would I would love to have you report out on that. Do a science. Okay. And report back. I, I, have, a, I have homework to do. Okay. Yes. I will do that. <laughs> All right. (laughs) Listeners, this has been our episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. We've had a good time. I hope you've had a good time. And until next week, I'm still Wendy, and that's still Melissa. Melissa! Right over there. Right over there. (laughs) Across the... 1,178 miles away. That's right. But right over there. Just boop. Right there. Um, right here. So we will talk to you next week about movies some more later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at XanaduCinema.com, follow us on Twitter at XanaduCinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. <laughs>